Well, that's the mark of a true professional, is he never looked me in the eyes. Welcome back to River Heights Radio. <laughs> I'm Carl Hauser. And I'm Hope Busby. And gosh, are we just delighted today to talk about that river wading. Chimney climbing. Bokeh dodging. Treasure. Nancy, Nancy Drew. Drew. This book starts off spooky AF. Uh, Mystery of the Lemony Chilini. Mystery of the Lemony Chilini. <laughs> Today we're talking about Mystery of the Leaning Chimney. I, the Lemony Chilini sounds better. <laughs> so coincidentally, Carl and I have been watching a lot of... Pottery Throwdown. So great pottery throwdown. We're steeped in pottery knowledge, guys. And this book has a lot of it books like to stay on themes and sometimes that theme is a hobby and today that hobby is vase making in the ming dynasty specifically <laughs> i think there's just a lot of like clay information it just dovetails they, said, they talked about china clay at. yeah they talked about china clay and i'm like i know Cali. what that is yeah first line of the book we're already invested best says oh nancy this road is so lonely here we are with all this money it'd be awful if it were stolen i was bitterly disappointed when that money wasn't stolen i mean you know there's lots of bandits down that road right i mean there's a serious problem (laughs) with highwaymen in the river heights area i never take that shortcut but it honestly like it has the cadence of like little red riding hood mm-hmm. skipping through the forest and being like boy i sure am young and tender you absolutely expect her to be robbed yeah but also later nancy gets to town and does not bring that money to the bank she just like goes on to the mystery um, apparently they made a lot of money through a rummage sale oh man how much money is it just like an ungodly amount uh yes it is it's 342 dollars and 63 cents and 63 cents yep. i could buy my freedom with that money <laughs> cheer up Bess says Nancy Drew, and to herself she says, don't be a ninny, because she's also afraid of the lonely road. So right off the bat, we are in the storm of the book. It's a twisty road. That's the other reason I don't go down it. Those curves, right? She almost runs over a man, you know, near Hunter's Bridge. Oh yeah, there's a real bad corner out there where the the Mm. men stand. In in the middle of the road! (laughs) There's a big dramatic, she swerves, she throws on her brake, and she goes back to check on the man and they're both Bess and Nancy are so worried this man is like killed like did they hit him no no did, did we hear a thud no he is knocked down somehow well I think what happens is <laughs> Nancy and Bess get out of the car and they're like did we hit him uh-huh. and then they say to each other because sometimes you can't tell if you hit someone yeah like maybe I drove home but I don't think I hit that guy <laughs> that one night Remember, we can't tell. You never can tell. So he's laying on the ground and Nancy's like, oh no, Bess, he's injured. But he is not injured. Yeah, he just decided to lay down, maybe? To her astonishment, he growled, go away. Get out of here. And this is Nancy's least favorite kind of person. One who doesn't want her help. Um, that's a mystery every time. (laughs) And he has piercing black eyes. Uh, A quality in villains that is so common and yet I still don't understand (laughs) exactly what it means. Is the whole eye black? Has the pupil taken over the iris? Listener, 
if you have piercing black eyes, put up a, a photo somewhere on our social media. I googled it. I don't think it exists. <laughs> Maybe it's like a contact lens. Yeah, yeah. The, All the criminals in River Heights order their contact lenses. This man is place. standing in the rain in his trench coat <laughs> and like pulled down hat with his black contact lenses. <laughs> so Nancy's like, are you sure you don't want my help? And he says, listen, sister, I'm okay. But if you don't go now, you'll get hurt. That's sassy AF. Like, he's being really mean. Nancy notices he's dropped a bundle. She picks it up and is like, hey, are you sure you don't want this bundle of yours? Okay, and it seemed like he was looking for something. That's why he was in the middle of the road. So, like, had he dropped this bundle and only she could find it? Well, she does have sharp eyes. He throws a rock and Bess says he means it. But Nancy is now suspicious. Her suspicions have been aroused. And I want to be clear, this man hasn't just run off. He has run off behind some bushes. (laughs) Yep, jacket and the hat weren't disguising off. Yeah, he's now hiding behind bushes, (laughs) throwing rocks at Nancy Drew, and telling her to leave him alone. It is bizarre. My suspicions would also be aroused by that point. So she's holding a bundle that he supposedly dropped. She gets a bit of a peek at it. It appears to be a vase of some sort with a dragon on it with claws. The second rock he throws hits her flashlight. Now she can't see. Bess utters a squeak of fear. Ah! Ah! (laughs) So Nancy, she leaves. I am surprised she left the bundle for him. Like that's one of those Nancy Drew moments where it's like, well, this is mine now. (laughs) But she just sets this bundle of vase down on the ground. (laughs) For the, for the man who's behind the bushes to come out for later. <laughs> Maybe she figured he was in shock. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's like the way you'd leave like a possum baby out. And like, the mom will come back for it. I don't know what I can do here. But Bess certainly says, next time you stop to talk to a man on a deserted road, count me out. <laughs> That's very specific, but I think that's apt and and true for that's going to happen when you're with Nancy, Mm -hmm. uh, who agrees. He certainly was nasty. It's never too early to set a boundary with Nancy. Nancy decides to describe this face that she got a really good look at with that flashlight and it not fully unwrapped. And Bess says, that's odd. That's weird. (laughs) My cousin Dick Milton, who has a pottery shop, as you know. Everyone's been to Dickie's Pots. It's a really good ceramics class he throws there. And Bess is taking it. Yeah. And apparently he has a vase just like that in his shop window. Wait, a vase? Mm-hmm. With a dragon on it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the same one. So Nancy, instead of going to the bank, just drives straight there. To Dick's Pots. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Bess is telling her all about her really cool ceramics class. Oh, I love this. Nancy found her attention wandering. Like, it specifically is like, <laughs> Bess is going on. And Nancy is not there. They call her babbling. Yeah. I mean, I have ADHD. I get it. <laughs> I get both sides of that. Bess finally picks up that she's not listening and scolds her. Then says, you're itching for a new mystery to solve. You've got a problem. Which, I mean, everyone always does. So they get to the shop window. Or, I mean, Nancy always does. Sorry. Like, everyone wants mysteries? <laughs> so they get to the shop window. You guys didn't see the look Carl gave me. <laughs> So they get to the shop window. Guess what, guys? The vase is gone. Bess is sure that it's been stolen. And Nancy's like, maybe he just took it down. 
I'll call him. So not even being sure I'll wake him up in the middle of the night. Yeah, I mean, Nancy keeps Excuse all me, sir. Can I ask you about your window display? He's very alarmed and comes right over because he didn't take them down. It has been stolen. Not only the vase, but a jade elephant. And these pieces did not belong to Dick. Mm-mm. These were lent to him to make his shop window pretty, I guess. You all know Mr. Soong. He's, he's an importer, maybe? One of our few POCs yeah. here in River Heights yeah. he imports goods for us to consume from China. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, for this, we love him. He also dresses pretty snappy. Oh, he's a good dresser. And he, out of the goodness of his heart, lent his 2,000-year-old Ming vase to some kid who just opened a pottery shop. Yep, that sounds about right. And it has been stolen, and so has his jade elephant. I think that Mr. Song has an embarrassment of vases. Like, if you go over to his house, Ming vases... He doesn't even know where to store them all. And if you, and you want to borrow a Ming vase, get a Mr. Song. Well, it's like a mis- it's like a museum over there. That's what Nancy. Yeah, so Nancy says. Dick is dismayed that he has to pay back Mr. Soong, mostly because he likes him. Well, and it's never like Mr. Soong never asks to be paid back, <laughs> but it's just kind of an assumption of like what's right and proper is yeah. like, well, I will have to pay for this. But he definitely points out that it's because he likes him that he has to pay him back. Right. Yeah. Dick lets Nancy in on a, a big mystery, the title of the book, The Mystery of the Leaning Chimney. Yes, he's got a get-rich-slow scheme. We're going to find a leaning chimney that he overheard someone in a phone booth talking about. And he heard three things. Leaning chimney, <laughs> China clay, Masonville. Yeah, so if they can find that, Dick will be rich and make people proud. Make his daughter and wife proud. And to be clear, if he finds the leaning chimney, he believes it will be near a deposit of china clay, which he can then buy for cheap in order to make good porcelain pots and sell them. He's not looking for a treasure so much as the supply chain. I have bad news for Dick. I think his 15-month-old daughter, Sue, will not be proud of him i don't think she cares at all so they find out that the thief came in the window because he leaves it partially open he jimmied it but he leaves no fingerprints he must have been wearing gloves and what's worse he left no footprints he must have been wearing burlap Burlap sacks (laughs) i i immediately thought it must have been like snowshoes because they (laughs) they said that the the footprints were just large ovals but apparently a burlap sack will do that if you put it over your shoe i don't know why he couldn't just wear flippers like normal yeah wear a flippers like any other Ah, criminal i stole that joke from carl and i'm proud of it also for the rest of the book the thieves do not wear burlap sacks they just leave their footprints everywhere Everywhere. they're very helpful (laughs) very helpful footprints well nancy spends the next breakfast in a trance just thinking about (laughs) this sweet mystery uh hannah's like hey wake up nancy (laughs) oh hannah i was just thinking about dragons (laughs) me irl nancy (laughs) every time we try to eat breakfast i think i think it says after that yeah after that nancy explains the mystery to hannah i almost want to skip that because i love what hannah says which is oh how strange Because that's the response I get when I spend the morning thinking about dragons. <laughs> Nancy goes to meet Mr. Song to find out more, you know, mystery juice. She's very excited to see his museum house. From what I read means that she doesn't spend much time there. No. Because she is in and out with this guy. <laughs> 
Mr. Song, if you haven't met him before in our town, is a short, gentle-faced... He's a Chinese man. But throughout this but novel... Through some mistake of either editing or history... history probably history, probably history, yes. Every time you should read Chinese person or Chinese man, you just read Chinese. That is not an adjective in this book, but a noun. It's also strange because with Dick, they're never like the pottery guy, the oh. potter. And yet they constantly refer to Mr. Song, not as he or him or it's like his his pronouns are chinese man mm-hmm. but they leave off man yeah so that it's a very strange part of this book and it's mm-hmm. not the most problematic thing we've ever seen in nancy drew because it's largely semantic yeah but like it was weird <laughs> and off-putting we also talked about though how mr soon falls into that model minority like valley yeah even those types of microaggressions that this book gives us mm-hmm. about asian americans mm-hmm. um are technically probably more more problematic than the the weirdest thing which is just to refer to someone as that Chinese. Yeah. Anyway, so as you may know, he is the short, gentle-faced Chinese man with spectacles, a tiny goatee, a richly brocaded Mandarin coat, and a beautifully embroidered Chinese set of slippers. I wish I had half the sense of fashion. He is just showing up, and it's like bedroom chic. I mean, he's in slippers and a house coat, mm. and he's just looking like he could go out on the town but doesn't need to. But that's part of the model minority thing, right? Like, he's acceptable because he dresses to the nines every single day, right? I certainly think if you're going to dress ostentatiously as a model minority in this town, uh, it has to be in your traditional garb. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, like, a suit. Either very American, which is what we saw with Rishi's father, a suit and maybe a turban, or, like, very what you bring to the country. Nancy, ever the dreamer, (laughs) is being mesmerized by an elaborate tapestry of a dragon when uh, Mr. Soong sneaks up behind her and greets her in his own house. Right, because she was let in by the uh, by the servant, who's kind of Ching. a character in this book, Ching. Yeah. Oh. Uh, his eyes are twinkling. He's like, oh yeah, that's a beautiful tapestry, isn't it? It turns out that the tapestry is the exact same print as the vase that was stolen. It's a set. When she introduces herself, Mr. Soong says, oh yes, the illustrious Drew family. I've heard of your father <laughs> I have heard that many intuitions and wisdoms are passed genetically through your line. <laughs> we've, we've are once re- again reminded he has gentle eyes and he also has a soft musical voice. He follows this up by saying that he is flattered that one so charming and capable would uh, help him. So, he's you almost know, too likable. He's on Nancy's good side, needless to say. <laughs> As if that wasn't enough to make Nancy like him, he hints that there's a second mystery he might want her to work on. Mystery. <laughs> At this point, he's got her eating out of his hand, mm-hmm. basically. She goes home and says, Mr. Soong's a fine person. Yeah, I'm okay with him. She's back on the leaning chimney case. Mm-hmm. Dick says he's searched everywhere, but all the chimneys he's ever seen are straight as flagpoles. never seen a chimney that sucks but he says it's mighty swell of nancy to help him and uh he's sure that his wife connie will be very proud of him after nancy finds him this new source of income (laughs) nancy ever curious stops by hunter's bridge once more just to see if the guy left a i don't know picture of a sailor boy or something who knows (laughs) um and when she's there she sees like movement behind a bush and she's like, there, he's still he's there. He's still here. <laughs> it, it's a, it is. It's this weird moment. I mean, we get mountain lions here, I'm pretty sure. 
It could be anything behind this bush, mm-hmm. but she's like, that's definitely a dude from a mystery mm-hmm. involved mm-hmm. with my case. So she starts trying to follow him. Yeah, if I don't follow him, she says, I may lose a valuable clue. So yeah, she's always going to take the bait. Like, she thinks it might be a trap, but that cheese looks really good. <laughs> Even saying, I may be trapped. Oh, what a goose I was to walk right into it. That's when she hears a car on the road. Right, because she feels now she's been surrounded. In Nancy's mind, these thieves are in the woods and on the road. Yes. And yet, it's so often true that that's the kind of thing these thieves do. Yep. Like, But also, it, all she has to do is hide in a bush. Right. It doesn't take much. And luckily, that car on the road is no villain, but Bess and George. Ooh, Bess and George. Who just show up like sitcom characters going, what's the idea sleuthing without us? <laughs> Audience cheer. <laughs> Well, okay, let's go sleuth. I'm following this guy. Mm -hmm. She goes back and no one's there. (laughs) And George is sassy in this book. Uh, uh, She's just like, what, did you expect him to wait for you? Waka waka. Did you notice this is the first book that George doesn't make a comment on Bess's weight? Yeah, it's very interesting. Mm -hmm. George is a little funnier. Yeah. And just a little less... um, Mean. Even a little less reverent in this book. Mm. So Nancy does find footprints in the woods. On the footprints, she can identify that this man was wearing elevator shoes. She can tell he was not tall because of the of the of the closeness of the shoes. But it's the depth of the footprint that allows her to know their elevator shoes, which I don't know if that tracks. She even knows the brand. Yeah. Hypers, said George, using one of her pet expressions. I love that they have acknowledged that it didn't catch on. Like, it, as if they wanted it to catch on, but since it didn't, they have to acknowledge it's just George's. Yeah. You slay me. That's what she says to Nancy. Yeah. I love it. You slay me, Nancy. Too much. Because Nancy knows about elevator shoes. Bess and George are going to Masonville anyway. Uh, to shop. So Nancy also goes to Masonville to investigate. I guess we never really figured out, did they just see her car and pull over? Did they know she was there? I'm pretty sure that's what happened is they saw her car. <laughs> so, Do you see Nancy Drew's car empty somewhere you're like, ah, she's sleuthing around here. Or she's tied up somewhere. <laughs> we should steal that car. In half an hour, Nancy finds the leaning chimney that Dick wasn't able to find, I guess. I, I'm aghast <laughs> at this. Like, he searched all of masonville and she's like you mean that one well this whole section of the book even nancy admits was like a lucky coincidence she knocks on the door hey know anything about clay this one's like i don't understand <laughs> but it happens to be mrs wendell who used to take care of hannah when she was young it's nancy's grand hannah so she's like come on in and then she says you know how is hannah doing and nancy says Oh, she's fine. So have you seen any clay? Yeah. (laughs) It's not really helpful for me right now, Mrs. Wendell, that you're Hannah's nurse. So can we just talk about the clay? (laughs) And Mrs. Wendell's like, sure, go help yourself to a trunk that has documents about the clay that's in a closet of a room that I just, that like belongs to one of my tenants. Yeah. But you, he won't be home right now. Mm-hmm. So totally go get those papers from that trunk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then she brings Nancy to the room. Here's a knock at the door and leaves Nancy there. Yeah. So now Nancy is standing in a room of a man she does not know, searching through things in his room because she's allowed to. But lo and behold, she watches him walk through the wall in the back of the closet. There's a great picture we'll have to post. 
ghost. He, he opens his secret panel so quick and shuts it so quickly she doesn't even get a look at him. He's just like, nope. So since she can't figure out how to open the wall, I, she just gets a hatchet and breaks it down. Busts it down. In a new one for Nancy Drew, she just resorts to that right away. I love it. And Mrs. Wendell is like, oh yeah, for sure. We can't have guys hiding behind walls. I think what's really fun is Mrs. Wendell just met this girl uh-huh. who's like, I need a hatchet to bust mm-hmm. down your wall. Trust me, there's a staircase mm-hmm. behind it. Mm-hmm. And like, what if there wasn't? What if she's just a little off her rocker? Yeah. So the police get involved. It turns out behind that wall is a whole attic. Everywhere there's vases wrapped in Chinese newspapers. So Nancy pockets one of the Chinese newspapers. Of course. That one is in evidence. (laughs) 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 Writes down the Chinese characters as best she can. From the bottom of the vases. Yeah. So then the police do their whole search and they leave, you know, but... Nancy's like... Nancy is pretty sure she can find more clues. Yeah, they, they did a pretty good search. Mm-hmm. She decides to look for through the floor, finds nothing on the floor, but it's in the blinds. <gasps> the blinds! It's like a roll-down blind, and when you roll it down, it's like a treasure map. Well, this is the fun part, is she rolls it down and she's like, oh, it's nothing. But then the light hits it, and she's like, oh, on the other side. <laughs> This guy has taped up all these papers. Inventories of all these rare vases, who owns them, where he can go to get them, and then also just some Chinese characters on different sheets of paper. Does he typically roll down his window shade and go outside to look at these? (laughs) How does this work? Was that a good place to hide them? Could you also put paper anywhere else? Like, Does Nancy tell the police, hey, I found something? (laughs) That doesn't doesn't happen either. (laughs) Are any of the other people on the list informed no <laughs> so and this man's room has been ransacked and he just never comes back for any of his stuff so this man is named john manning he told mrs wendell that he's writing a book and just to leave him alone so he can write his book did he say it like this leave me alone go away <laughs> you throw rocks at mrs wendell Scram, sister <laughs> So he's medium tall, he has olive skin, and black hair. Is there anything else, Mrs. Wendell? I can't think of anything other than his piercing black eyes. (laughs) What I love, that the Masonville police are so impressed before they leave her to look for more evidence, that they're like, literally like, would you like to work for the Masonville Police Department? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Guess you've got what they call women's intuition. Wish I had some of it. (laughs) We haven't heard about women's intuition intuition in a long time unfortunately in all the hubbub nancy has committed the worst social faux pas you can (gasps) and finds herself minutes late to meet george and bess oh no minutes late george even says i hope you don't keep ned nickerson waiting like this Just how which, I always greet my friends who are late. I hope you treat your man better than you treat me. Well, it's enough to make Nancy blush. George says, oh heck, because she has to wait for a dress that's being made. And Bess wants to GTFO. She wants to go home. She's already gotten two positively <laughs> yummy dresses. Nancy's only response to that. Um. Um. (laughs) People say um so often in these books, and I still am not sure what they're talking about. (laughs) Bess takes the long way home, but George and Nancy go the dangerous way. Lo and behold, near Hunter's Bridge, they see a flash of light in the woods. (gasps) They go and find it, and it's 
the mirror of a maroon coupe. It was not a coupe, it was a coupe. George comments, funny place to leave a car. You know, Nancy, I think this is strange. Nancy decides that it must be Manning's meeting place. Yeah. Since she saw him there before, which she's sure of because of the eyes. Mm-hmm. And uh, she writes the license plate number down. And they follow two men into the woods, which goes fine until they step on some twigs and alert the men who... Run off like deer. Drop a valuable vase, which shatters. And Nancy says, I'm going to get the package. And George says, I'm going to chase him down, which goes about as well as you would expect. Yeah. George screams. Nancy goes to rescue her, gets knocked out, comes to, finds George tied up and blindfolded, mm-hmm. but not gagged this time. That guy's always gag you. At any rate, she's able to call Nancy over to untie her. Yeah. George jokes once they're in the safety of the car. Those fellows are pretty dumb. You have their license number. But it's a stolen car. It's always a stolen car. It's, it's not their license number. Nancy remembers that she has promised Carson she will pick him up at 6 o'clock. Oh. She's always late. Better not be minutes late. I relate. When she gets to her dad's work, she sees Mr. Soon coming out and says, Hey, I'll give you a ride home. In exchange, can you translate? these characters I found and listen to my story. Mr. Soong looked very natty in a gray felt hat and blue pinstripe suit. I looked this up. Mm. Natty is old-fashioned slang for good. Yeah, looking good. Very fashionable. Natty ice. <laughs> he carried a handsome laka cane. Which uh, we also looked up. Bamboo, rattan, cane. The Chinese newspapers, part of what she has sung translate, are from New York. New York City! Mm. So Manning may have New York connections. I'm learning more than I hoped, says Nancy. Mr. Song says, with the help of both members of your illustrious family, I'm confident that my unworthy problems will soon be solved. We're kept in suspense until she goes and picks up her dad. Yeah, he pretty much says, I talked to your dad about some legal stuff. I'd love you to get involved. He'll tell you so that readers don't have to deal with it twice. She goes and greets her father with a kiss on the cheek. We're reminded that their relationship is warm and companionable. Both of their eyes will twinkle when their sense of humor is aroused. Carson announces that Mr. Soong has a Chinese puzzle that goes back five years. So condescending and it's the most misleading way to say that because it's not a chinese puzzle Mm -mm. it's a missing persons case dad stop keeping me in suspense it's the story of the missing ings nancy guesses that the missing ings might be some valuable jewels And Carson says, you're not even warm. But why is it a guessing game? Right. Just tell her. Just tell her. This is like when my uncle passed away and my ex got the text and she didn't want to tell me (laughs) (laughs) because she didn't know if it was appropriate. But I was like, what is it? And she's like, you should just get your phone. Like, someone die? She's like, well. And then I started guessing who it was. the worst way to find out yeah, that my uncle passed away not great the ings are ing mo yi and ing lei as you know says carson chinese last names come first which is true but yeah, like such a, a weird way again to... a weird way like she either doesn't know and that's why you're telling her or she does know and why are you telling her 
So these are Mr. Soong's friends who came to America to learn about American pottery. Mm-hmm. And... They did a tour did of mm-hmm. potteries. Got closer and closer to River Heights, the place everyone ends their tour of pottery. Supposed to visit good old Mr. Soong there. And never showed up. And never wrote again to Mr. Soong. Nancy's gotta go. She's late to Helen's birthday party. Perpetually late. <laughs> yeah, she has a problem in this one. She gets to the Townsend's house, Helen Townsend, and they joke with her about being late and helen says she was probably tracking down some villain and nancy says yeah a new way to say happy birthday so there you have it that's the way we say happy birthday now in river heights it's trending i noticed you're turning 34 today i've been tracking down a villain no sooner does everybody walk in to have their party but nancy gets distracted yes she sees a ming vase therefore part of the mystery Mm -hmm. uh she stops to examine it and notices the characters on the base of the vase and some subtle chinese characters that have been drawn into the leaves of the peach tree so she sits down at the little writing desk and she copies them all down puts that in her purse leaves her purse there like you do that's how mail gets stolen so then we go through what helen gets bass gives her a clay cat that she made in pottery class adorable george gives her a baseball mitt which everyone laughs they all laugh at her for it but like the book assures us that helen had been asking for a baseball mitt for some time (laughs) it's not just a random gift (laughs) and everyone refused to give her one yeah She's a girl. Very strange. Yes. (laughs) And Nancy, in the most brazen gift of all, gives her a fluffy white cat. Yeah, she had uh, prearranged this with the mother. To which Helen responded, I've been meaning to get one. Darling, you remembered I've been meaning to get around to that. Yeah, like on her to-do list is like... Oh my god, is it already six? I forgot to get a cat again today. Ah, yeah, the Humane Society closes at six. Ugh. And that's when Helen gets out of work. As you might expect, Nancy's purse is stolen. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, that's what happens when you go to a birthday party. She finally finds it outside, in the grass, under the window where it looks like someone came in to get it. Everything's there, except for the character she wrote down from the vase. Also, the vase is gone. She feels very guilty because if she hadn't written down the characters, I guess the thief wouldn't have seen. As silly as it seems for Nancy to hear a car and think the villains are behind the bush, the villains are on the road, they're everywhere. They were literally outside watching her write down Chinese characters. Well, everyone was at that birthday party. (laughs) The villains outside. Why wasn't I invited? I got her a a dog. Nancy does find footprints, but they're different this time. (gasps) Hypers! Says George. This puts a damper on everything. <laughs> yeah, that ruined Thanks, the birthday George. party. Thanks. <laughs> Nancy gave the facts of the case that she, as the book says, deemed necessary to the Townsends. Enough that they know what's going on with their vase, but mm-hmm. not so much that they get themselves involved. <laughs> so now we've got two separate criminals on our hands. So Nancy decides those characters are probably still on that ink blotter. She just puts it in her purse without asking. <laughs> mine now (laughs) which i call stealing (laughs) and she goes home holds it in front of a mirror figures out what the characters were haha she's put one over on those thieves i love it because since they're in chinese she holds it in front of a mirror and has to be like this does not mean any more to me but i can write them down now (laughs) 
So now it's off to the library for research. She's studying about geology so she can find that clay. The librarian, seeing how disappointed she is at the end of her search, says, Hey, have you ever talked to Professor Miles Monroe? Miles Monroe? The geology professor? Nancy goes to visit him, naturally. Yeah. Geology problem, he snorted. You're too pretty for such heavy thoughts. Oofta. He pretty much really helps her the rest of the book. I think it's like instant crush territory. Must be. He's the boyfriend of the book is what I'm saying. He can he can say weird stuff like that because he's tenured. He tells her about a mine that he went and explored that was abandoned and maybe there's clay near it. Yeah. So right away she goes and finds her friends Bess and George who are doing yard work. And she says, want to come along? Bess has the good sense to ask, what do we have to do? <laughs> And George says, what difference does it make as long as it's fun? Yeah, it's going to be a blast. We're going to an (laughs) abandoned mine. When they get to Hunter's Bridge, Bess knows what's up. And she says, this awful place again? Wait a minute. It gets better because then they walk for an hour. Even George and Nancy began to wonder whether the old mine really existed. Mm -hmm. But Nancy says, I'm sure we'll find it just a little farther from here. Yeah, if you walk in any direction long enough, you'll find what you're looking for. (laughs) Bess's enthusiasm began to wane, Mm -hmm. as if she ever had any. Yeah. (laughs) Hungry, tired, and bitten by insects. Until finally, they find a ten-foot fence... (laughs) With barbed barbed wire wire. and no entrance. (laughs) Yep, no no way in. And no cracks between or under. Hyper, says George, (laughs) really pushing for it. This fence must be 500 feet long. (laughs) I don't know how long that is. They go around the corner and I guess that fence is 250 feet long. (laughs) Yeah, it's... It's a big fence. It's a big area. (laughs) Luckily, Nancy finds a peephole. Those sharp eyes of hers. Nancy drew peeks into this fenced-off compound. Mm -hmm. And what does she see inside but a chimney of leaning fashion? (gasps) The leaning chimney. The second one. The second leaning chimney that friggin' Dick couldn't find. Leaning chimney junior. Let me see, says George. Nancy says... Okay, there has to be an entrance around here somewhere. They circumnavigate the hell out of this fence. Having not found an entrance, George (laughs) Sassily says, Sorry, Nancy, you lose. By this time, it's been enough space since Nancy said there must be an entrance that I was genuinely confused. And I go back and read what Nancy said, and I was still confused. It's not like Nancy was like, I bet there's an entrance somewhere. It was just like, you lose. But don't they all lose? Sorry, Hope. You lose. (laughs) Now, Bess is complaining at this point. She's tired. She's hungry. George says, well, hey, maybe it's a baseball park in there and we can get some hot dogs. Yeah, it's very funny. I just feel like George maybe wants to do stand-up or something and is just trying out bits because it's a bit much. I do appreciate that her therapist told her to make fewer food comments about her cousin. (laughs) So she's trying. Yeah, yeah. You know. She's redirecting that energy. Yeah. And it's making her guess their baseball stadiums all over the place. Nancy figures the only way they're getting in is with a helicopter. Yeah. And now everyone's had their fun saying silly things. Uh, Nancy climbs a tree, but suddenly Bess screams. She saw a bony hand reach out of the chimney. It's Bess's second skeleton scare. 
every time they look into the fence, all they can see is trees. There's just a lot of trees inside the yeah. fence as yeah. well. It's an area that seems to have no difference from the area outside other than one chimney. <laughs> I would just, I don't want to keep our listeners in suspense. So why was there a skeletal hand reaching out of the chimney? Because Bess can't it's tell a normal the difference hand. between a, hand. a live hand and a bone hand. It's just a hand. She's I mean, Bess trauma. isn't wrong. She's got trauma. There were bones in the hand, I'm sure. <laughs> Insofar as if you see a person and you're like, ah, a skeleton wrapped in meat. Like, yeah. I equally love, though, how Bess has never actually been wrong, but they're always like, it's just your imagination. Now, Bess might not be right that it's a ghost, but she saw something. Right. Right? And she might not be right that it's a bony hand, but she did see a hand. Which, yeah. Which Nancy is surprised to learn later in the book. Yeah, I think Bess has to sit them down and be like, guys, I'm not, like, imaginative. I'm just stupid. Oh, no. So, finally, they leave the eerie spot. Mm. And Bess says, I never want to go there again. Nancy convinces her maybe she does by saying, not even to help your cousin Dick. Not even for Dick, Bess? Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't you do it for Dick? Then there's a stupid scene where Nancy shows up at the pottery shop and sneaks up on Dick and like just watches him throw a pot yeah. for a while. Yeah. And very uh, strange. Very he's weird like, energy. Oh, how'd you get here? And she's like, Oh, uh, you that Aladdin lamp you're making, you rubbed it and I got here. She's flirting. They definitely are flirting at several points. At which point he's always like, Oh yeah, my wife Connie, you should meet her. Like I feel like he's like, Okay, back off a little bit, Nancy. Nancy. I'm a wreck that home, says Nancy. Yeah. So she goes home, and Carson right away knows something's up. He says, you're up to something, young lady. Nancy tells him about her adventure, and he's like, hmm, strikes me as a good place to stay away from. But of course, as usual, she convinces him it's fine. Skeletal hands? Offense? I don't know about this place. (laughs) Meanwhile, Carson has learned of a David Carr. David Carr? Uh, Who's he? Uh, he's someone from New York, and... That's suspicious. I, I guess he might be the same as John Manning. Does he have piercing black eyes? One must assume. We don't know. But Carson suggests that she could, should go to New York anyways to visit Aunt Eloise. And to talk to the gift shop that the Townsends got their vase from. Ah. Turns out the vase is fake. <gasps> what? Yeah. And that's how we know about David Carr because David Carr sold the fake vase to the gift shop. Ah. The book says she had put off visiting her aunt for far too long. It's been like three books. Yeah, three whole books. The book also says that New York always held a thrill for Nancy. Then why does she have to be convinced every time? Yeah. And to be clear, <laughs> it's been three books since she visited Aunt Eloise. Mm. And as she's still 18, that means this year. Well, you know, time is timey-wimey in this series, right? I keep saying every book has happened while she's 18. She has packed so many mysteries into this year. And you Uh, know they're in order because they specify at the end of each one, oh, this one's next. Right, right. And and at the (laughs) beginning of them they say, oh, she recently solved. So it's not like we can say, like, oh, it's all various times. No. No. Nancy's awoken by a character we haven't seen for a bit. Togo! Togo's in this book. He's sprinkled for flavor throughout this book. Yeah, he doesn't have to stay in the basement anymore. And as contrast to the awful dog we will meet later. Though, like, they don't have a head-to-head or anything. That's no. almost 
most surprising. Nancy meets her aunt in New York, and we get a little bit of, we get more characterization of her aunt than we've ever gotten ever, before. Yeah. Miss Eloise Drew, whom Nancy strikingly resembled, possessed a charming grace which marked her as a woman of unusual intelligence. <laughs> do, you, do you think that means that they find most women stupid? Or is her intelligence just the type that's kind of odd? <laughs> She knows a lot about slugs. I got it a little bit both ways, I think. Eloise Drew knew that Nancy was a lot like her, and secretly, this gave her a thrill. When Nancy's mom died, Carson's sister considered coming to live with her brother, but Hannah had done such a friggin' good job that Eloise was like, no. They go to the gift shop. There are three men there, one a delivery man, and uh, they find out Mr. Senyung, the owner of the gift shop Mm -hmm. has been ill so there's a substitute mr Mm. tallow nancy realizes that one of the men one of the three men is a detective (laughs) and this is where she butts in you see a tea jar has been stolen this poor delivery man had a gun held to his back nancy's very frustrated because she learns nothing new from him because you know the gun in his back made him not look behind him all eloise spots soong's vase but they soon determine it's a fake. Mm. Mr. Sin Young himself shows up having made a miraculous recovery in the middle of the day <clears throat> and immediately gone to work. And he's very mad at Mr. Tallow for buying this vase, which he immediately identifies as fake. He knows a fake from a mile away. At this point, Nancy is pretty sure Carr and Manning are the same person. David Carr sold this vase to the gift shop. And we're going to get a whole series of finding out that every Ming vase you've ever seen was Mm -hmm. a fake. And that every shop that ever bought a Ming vase got it from David Carr. Yeah. His dark eyes had a peculiar piercing stare. So maybe it's not the same guy? Furthermore, Carr was there when Tallow ordered the delivery of the tea jar. So he knew that the tea jar existed. (laughs) One clue that they do have is that Carr had dropped Letterhead from the Hotel Royalton. The detective who has been listening to this and, like, learning from Nancy. Taking notes. (laughs) Yeah. He's been listening to Nancy's theories with great admiration. He brings Nancy and her aunt to the hotel with him, where they find that Carr just left, of course. And Nancy always says, did did he leave a forwarding address? And, like, no one ever does. No. I've never left a hotel a forwarding address. (laughs) Luckily, they have no problem with Nancy searching his room. So Nancy searches his room, Mm. uh, but instead of finding anything, finds a maid who has information that he was meeting somebody at the Oregon restaurant. A New Yorker maid. (laughs) (laughs) So Nancy tries to get Tallow to spy at the restaurant, the Oregon restaurant, through the palms, but he is no Nancy Drew and he's spotted. Luckily, Nancy remembers that this is a corner restaurant and correctly predicts which door car will come out of. The reason it's important it's a corner restaurant is because instead of four places to leave from he only has two i guess bringing the percentage from like 25 percent to 50 that she'd get it right i love that she chases car to the subway tell me about the subway i love what happens here well first of all car has an advantage because he you know has his ticket already goes right through the turnstile she stops and buys a ticket no one jumps the turnstile in this i love it's a chase Mm. and everyone's just paying to get onto the subway so she does get in the subway right on time but she's in a different car so now through the throngs of new yorkers she pushes her way mightily Mm -hmm. almost as to david Carr when the subway stops 
and David Carr gets out. She yells, catch that thief, and nobody gives the flying rat. This is New York. This is New York, yeah. So she loses him. What she does discover when they call the police is the car no longer works for the West Coast Trading Company. Yes. Which is what he's been telling all the gift shops. Mm -hmm. That's why they trust him, because that's a trustworthy place, I guess. Yeah, you just say the name of a place and you're good. The police captain in New York compliments Nancy. Does not offer a job, though. Nancy invites her aunt to Chinatown to visit the China Daily Times. And Where the newspaper was from. Mr. Soong had theorized that maybe David Carr worked at the newspaper. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And then she's like, well, I gotta go, Aunt Eloise. I know I never visit you. And every time I do, it's for like a day. But this has been a good day. Full day. But you have to understand that Ned's going to be an usher in a wedding soon. And he needs a ride to the rehearsal. I've got responsibilities. Aunt Eloise is like, well, I don't like it. But I bow to the younger generation. Yeah. Don't be <laughs> weird aunt eloise so ned phones nancy and says wow you sound like a one woman police force when he hears about what she's been up to i think it's really interesting because she's definitely as effective as a one woman police force and then our little passive aggressive ned says he thought nancy had forgotten him to which nancy says not a chance and drives to his frat house. Now, at the frat house, Nancy is fairly popular. Oh, yeah. Having attended many parties there, she was well-known and well-liked. <laughs> uh, so immediately, like, everyone starts catcalling her. Basically, yeah. Like, they just, like, gather around her. Hey, Ned's not here. Professor kept him after class. How about lunch with me? <laughs> Say, you big so-and-so, lay off. Chum in the water. Luckily, at that moment, Ned appears, grinning, and turned Nancy around, marched her back to her car, and took her to lunch. What a hero. On their way to lunch, Nancy is like, Ned, stop! That's the courthouse. <laughs> Did you think they were going to get married? I thought they were going to get married. I know, right? I'm sure it crossed Ned's mind. What? Stop at the courthouse? <laughs> yep. Well, well, weddings. Right now? <laughs> she stops there to find out who owns the land. That is all cordoned off. Who does she find out owns it? <gasps> Twist, Mr. Monroe. Miles Monroe? Mr. Miles Monroe of <laughs> geology fame. <laughs> he owns the land, so they go to question him. I'd like to see this Mr. Monroe and ask him what he means by trying to put one over on the world's prettiest detective, says Ned. You can just see him, like, holding the steering wheel and saying it angrily, but, like, glancing over to see if it's landing. Nancy greets Professor Monroe. We've found your secret, Professor Monroe. Suck it, old man. <laughs> He's just like, my secret? Huh? Like, what? You're I've wrong. never owned anything in my life, he says. Yes, yes, yes. But... He did find an old reference to Callan Clay near Hunter's Creek. So Nancy and Ned plan a picnic date the next day to search for the clay. You think Nancy's ever had a picnic date that wasn't crime related? No. They go on their picnic and they hear a cry of distress of bong. The book's so weird because it says it's a cry that sounds like a bong. Italicized instead of in quotes. So you think it's the onomatopoeia, like bong. Yeah, you think you're hearing a gong in the middle of the world. You think it's a gong that makes a bong that sounds like a person making a gong bong. So they use a log as a ramp. The log's back! 
And he's helping! Nancy notices that the ornament that used to be on the chimney is gone. And she thinks, maybe Bess wasn't crazy. Hmm, maybe she did see something. Maybe. (laughs) But they both end up on this ramp to discuss their theories and it breaks. Sure. And they go home. As Ned drops her off, he says, don't let any other usher take you up the aisle. Nancy laughingly promises. Mr. Sung has been arrested (gasps) for selling fakes. He probably needs rescuing. He is accused of selling fake pottery and knowing he was selling fake pottery because... Was it because he went to send mail about it or something? Yeah, he sold it through the mail. You cannot beat the postal service. When will criminals learn that? Our postal police are second to none. Luckily, Nancy has an in with the River Heights police, as you know. Right, so they go to the post office and the guy's like, it was him. And she's like, well, look at him closely. And he's like, yes, I promise you 100%. I, like any other River Heights citizen, cannot tell the difference between people of Asian descent. I, Herbert Gumphrey. Herbert Gumphrey. I, Herbert Gumphrey, am a god dang racist. I'm saying (laughs) it right now. No, but like, there is a good amount of this book that centers around the fact that people cannot seem to tell various Chinese River Heights people apart from each other. Humphrey can't tell the difference between Chinese people. He can tell the difference between left and right-handed people. Mm. Always notes that, apparently. And Mr. Sung is left-handed. Uh-oh. And this guy was right-handed. Uh-oh. And when he comes to think of it, the shoe size is different. And Mr. Sung speaks much better English. The hair color's different. His eye color's different. He's wearing different clothes. So Mr. Sung gifts Nancy a bottle of wisteria perfume in what may be a callback to our first Asian-American villain uh, who gave best perfume that started a mystery in Redgate Farm. There are other references that lead me to believe that it is a callback. Mr. Sung says, well, I'll see you at the wedding. Everyone's going to the wedding. The wedding is beautiful. They go to the reception. Which is at the bride's house. Ned and Nancy have punch and party sandwiches. I just love that there's a room set up upstairs for you to go and admire all the wedding gifts. I know, right? How bougie. When they go to see the gifts, Nancy sees a Chinese box... Nancy notices that characters from the Townsend vase, the ones that were etched into the leaves, are also on this beautiful box. Now, Mr. Song says that he can tell this is definitely an authentic box when he joins her. But when she points out the characters, he gasps. Those characters mean Eng Moi, his missing friend. So Nancy calls the shop that this thing is from. And of course, you know, David Carr sold it to him. Nancy offends. It's fake, by the way. Uh, Mr. Soong by implying that Ying Mui must be involved with fakery. Just then, Bess shows up and makes sure that Nancy is there for the bouquet toss. Don't you want to catch it? Bess asks. No. And Nancy blushed. So, yeah, she doesn't. She stands in the back and doesn't really try. The bridesmaid caught it. Afterwards, Nancy and Ned search Hunter's Bridge because they saw a flashlight in the distance as they approached it. Did he not have his headlights on? Like, what? Mm-hmm. how did she see that? I think he was going to Lover's Lane. Huh? They do not find the man with the flashlight, but when they come back, Nancy's car is gone. Well, if I'm not a nitwit, Ned says, because he did not lock the doors. Ned! They walk for two hours to the nearest gas station for a phone. They call the state police. 
Ned on the walk. I love that they point out he looks forlorn and incongruous in his nice wedding suit with a carnation in his lapel. Nancy had to wear heels for the whole walk. The nice thing is Nancy did find the jade elephant in the woods. She wades out into the water to get it. Ah. So you got a jade elephant now, minus a car. Seems like a fair trade-off. trade. The next day when they still haven't heard about her car from the police, Nancy says, I guess it's gone for good. Oh, well, Dad, get me a new car. <laughs> Carson did find out that David Carr is wanted for smuggling and a dozen other offenses. Probably some worse is what we'll find out. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he's a real criminal, says Carson. Seems he's of mixed blood. No, Carson. No. Come on. Don't. No. Ugh. Apparently he looks more like his father, which is Carson's way of saying he's white passing. But his brother looks more like their mother, mm. which is Carson's way of saying he isn't passing. The brother is also reported to be a criminal, but he's too cunning for anything definite to be known about him. Nancy, mm-hmm. still determined to investigate the enclosure because they won't let her see what things there are, is leaving to do that. Hannah points out <laughs> and is like, now keep in mind, you might be trespassing on property that does not have anything to do with your mystery innocent people may live there and if they do they would have every right to guard their home from intruders yeah like they live in a stand your ground state yeah nancy hugs her and says if something happens to me i know you will come to the rescue i love that answer because it's basically hannah saying don't make a mess and nancy saying don't worry i know you'll clean up any mess i make and then mrs grin knows that nancy would not do anything foolhardy she won't make a mess yeah (laughs) she does make a mess so she calls up dick and she says hey got this jade elephant and dick says you found it you bring it back to mr sam she says oh i better do that right away as she puts it into her dressing table and you know right that it's gonna be stolen so she tells bess and george she needs a ride bess says i don't like that place George says, oh, don't be a ninny. This time they do remember to tie a ladder on top of their car. When they get there, they see that there's a new ornament on top of the chimney. But as they're standing there at the top of the ladder, a woman comes out dressed rather strange Mm -hmm. and is like, what the heck are you doing here? This is private property. Yeah, it's really funny to see this picture they have of Nancy up a ladder and this woman just being like, what the heck? Comes and greets them. She says she's a Lavender sister. Oh, one of the Lavender sisters. Is it a band or a cult? A cult. You you guess. Okay, it's a cult. (laughs) Nancy decides that's not good enough. She's going to have to sneak in and see what's up. So they put the ladder in a different place and Nancy climbs over, breaking off the barbed wire. Nancy's like, hmm, maybe it's just a nice, friendly cult. But just a little ways away, they find Nancy's car parked. He's like, wait a minute, it's more than a cult. Basically nothing comes of this at all, because as soon as she climbs in, they bring a huge mastiff out, chain him right by the door. So Mm -hmm. she now can't let her friends in, nor can she really get anywhere. She's hiding behind a bush. Now her friends are calling, Nancy, Nancy. So they almost give her away. So Nancy ties a note to a rock, throws it over that says, hide. I hope it hit Bess in the head. It's a whole lot of nothing, basically. But it's enough for us to find out that there's a scary dog in the in the premises 
and something with machines maybe going on. The Lavender Sisters, they don't believe, is a real cult. George says the woman who met them is funny in the head. So now they have Nancy's car back. When they get home, they find that Carson has gone to Washington, perhaps because he found a clue about the missing Angs. Also, uh, when they get home, the jade elephant's been stolen. Like we knew would happen. Yes. (laughs) Hannah says she feels kind of fidgety. She probably doesn't like that her house has been robbed yet again. Again. Anyhow, the police find nothing. She gets a call from uh, Miles Monroe, geologist, saying, come on over, I've got clues for you. She goes to Mr. Soong's house and since Ching, who is now excited to see her, mm. since he's he knows she's helping his boss. Uh, right, he was so grateful that she got him out of jail. He doesn't speak English at all. Mm-hmm. So she has to give him a note that she writes. So every time Mr. Monroe talks to Nancy, he wants her to come over. Again, I think he has a crush. <laughs> she goes over there to find out that he received paints, ceramic paints specifically, you know, the ones you use on pottery, mm-hmm. that were meant for the other Mr. Miles Monroe. Da-na. Nancy says she's going to bring the package to the post office and wait for the other Mr. Monroe to show up for it. But then she remembers she has to babysit baby Sue so that Connie Milton can go to a lunch party. When she goes to the post office, she finds out Monroe has already been there mm. he's very angry about this mix-up and he said that he's gonna go get them from the other miles monroe when nancy says how what did he look like clerk says he looked like uh like a china man nancy bit her lip in vexation much the same as we did reading right is the laziest slur terrible yeah it's just not good nancy phones professor miles and says, hey, this guy might be coming to see you. (laughs) Then she phones her good friend, Chief McGinnis, and he says, yeah, I'll gladly send an officer to stand guard at Professor Miles Monroe's. After all that mystery, she has to go take care of baby Sue. Is she good at babysitting? Well, within a few minutes, baby Sue goes to sleep and stays asleep for the entirety of the time Nancy is babysitting her, which is Nancy's all afternoon. great at babysitting. She leaves her on the porch. Yep. I fully expected that baby to get stolen. <laughs> so she goes in. She can't read. Her head's full of mystery. So she calls Mr. Soong as he still hasn't gotten back to her. He says, I didn't get your message. Ching must have, he's gone now. He must have kept it in his pocket. I'll come over there. Y- uh, you know how you can just invite other people over when you're babysitting i had to reread this like twice to make sure that i was correctly understanding this man just came over to this house yeah yeah she tells him the ings must be mixed up in this whole thing now that they know that the ings are involved and the enclosure is involved mr sung in what is a very like interesting saying it out loud moment insists the police aren't called it turns out if you're a minority in river heights uh it's best to have your innocence proved before the police get there he begs nancy he's like don't call the cops yet and she is convinced by his sincerity and good friendshipness i must find out the truth about my friends he says those wretches may kill moi and lei so they cannot talk what is their plan to prove innocence by going there yeah (laughs) i don't know he just has to talk to them so then like connie comes home her baby's sleeping on the porch Mm -hmm. nancy's inside with an elderly man and uh she's like that's fine have a ladder have a rope ladder have a rope ladder it'll be easier to get in and out of the compound that way so they get into the compound with the rope ladder they do find the kaolin pit with the fancy clay. And at it, several uh, Asian American workers are digging. 
like of pics and stuff. I don't know. Well, they're not Asian American. Asian in America. Who do they find? But the ends. Nancy has to hold back Mr. Sung from just running up to his friends. They spy on them long enough to see that the Aangs, who are themselves master potters, are being forced to copy and paste Ming vases <laughs> onto plagiarized Ming vases. As they're doing this, a lavender sister steps in. Apparently unhappy with Lei about something, just slaps her face really slaps hard. Slaps her in the face. Lei is crying and tells Moi that she wants to end her hateful life. There's no hope left. Now they're speaking Mandarin, so Mr. Sung is translating this all for Nancy. Yes. Mr. Sung probably can make a lot of money being a translator. He's good. Yeah. He runs and hugs Ing Mui, who takes a while to notice who he is, but finally is like, oh, a friend. My friend. And hugs him back. Despite the language barriers, we are reassured that Nancy and the Chinese father and daughter became friends. Immediately. They all go to leave. Yay, a rescue has been made. Unfortunately, David Carr is headed towards where they're at. Also, if it was easy at all for them to leave, they just would have already. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Nancy, I don't know what your plan is well, here. Well, she has a ladder. I mean, I guess, yeah. Nancy thinks quick and says, let's get disguised and walk into the factory. Mm-hmm. Disguised as workers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, which gets them a few strange looks, but nobody stops them. Nancy briefly learns that there's a vault that only the brothers can get into. Probably that's important. That's the first real evidence that the swindler's brother was working with him. <laughs> which is like hearsay. I guess, yeah. <laughs> Out of nowhere, they hear from outside the Mastiff begins to bark. <gasps> Terror strikes their hearts. Escape was now impossible. There's nowhere to go except the smelter. The very smelter that has the chimney from the book title. Mm -hmm. While his daughter stands watch, Moy tells them how they were... Moy explains how he was tricked into coming to America, offered a tour of all these pottery plants, which I guess they did give to him. Yeah. Which is a weird thing to do to someone you're kidnapping. But before they got to River Heights to see Song, they were in fact kidnapped. Because Moy was already a master potter back in China, and they wanted to use his skills for forgery. Didn't you ever try to escape? Asks Nancy. Yes, many times. Yeah, that's pretty condescending. In fact, oh, this is dark. Their, bo their poor bodies still bear the marks of the whip car used to punish them. Nancy's ire was aroused. This is probably the worst crime Nancy has ever dealt with. What we thought was just pottery forgery has become human trafficking. And it's interesting that Nancy just seems barely phased by slavery, but the extreme cruelty, that's just taking it too far. Nancy apologizes that they were punished because of Nancy telling the Lavender sister about the ornament. Right. Which apparently said bong, which we find out means help in yes, Chinese. Yes, that's why someone was yelling bong, it means help. But they're just too grateful that she's rescuing them. To even care. Yeah. This is when Nancy also gets told that David Carr has been illegally smuggling immigrants into the United States and imprisoning them. He tells them, well, now you're basically stuck. If, if you get caught, you get arrested. you're going to get arrested because you're here illegally. So, like, this is literally how human trafficking works. 
works. He's been promising them great American jobs, getting them here, and then imprisoning them. The only thing that's come close is when we saw all those elderly women get tricked into a retirement home that was fake. Yeah, I could With remember. like a everlasting fountain of youth that was supposed to be there. In Larkspur Lane. Lay comes back to tell them that the Ings are being searched for now. It's been noticed that they're missing. Uh-oh. Guess what? They're coming. They have basically nowhere to go now that they're hiding in this in mm. this uh, place. David Carr comes in. We finally meet David Carr. His thin lips spread in a slow, mocking smile. Very Grinch-like. <laughs> uh, the Lavender Sister also comes in with the Mastiff and gives a dry, harsh chuckle. She takes the Ings away, and Nancy watched them go with a heavy heart, realizing she's gotten their hopes up again, only to see them crushed. And they basically believe, probably, that they're not getting out at this point. In a cold, sharp voice, Carr says, I intend to do away with you two before any of your friends can get here to help you. Smart, because that's usually how they get away. Yeah, so I thought he was just going to be quick about it. Once Nancy's kidnapped, that's where you got a problem. Not so. Mr. Song moaned. Nobody is going to interfere with me, he says. Not Mr. Song, car again. And get away with it. I'll keep on interfering, says Nancy, until you and your brother are locked behind bars. Ever defiant. And it's like a big reveal that she even knows about his brother. So then David Carr decides to mock her and Mr. Song by saying, Hey, I tried to frame you, Mr. Song. You'd be better off in jail than here. (laughs) I'm glad I was able to help Mr. Song, Nancy declared hotly. Carr gave a mirthless, sardonic laugh, and then he turned to go. I advise you not to try to escape. The Mastiff has a nasty temper and very sharp fangs. Mr. Song apologizes to Nancy, blaming himself for the situation since he insisted on coming to talk to his friends. One Mastiff is absolutely as effective as an entire cadre of jungle cats. Yeah, yeah. Just do that, get bad guys. Yeah. A fence and a Mastiff is better than a small chain link fence and jungle cats. <laughs> so at this point, Mr. Song is too weak to stand any longer and sinks to the ground. And we talked about how, again, Nancy is allowed to rescue a man mm-hmm. because... Once he's been emasculated, at least. Yeah. Well, first of all, he's gentle to begin with. Mm-hmm. Also racism. Right. Nancy, however, does not give hope hope, and she is determined to escape. Just then, who should appear at the door but our good old friend Ching? Ching! Here to save them! So they're excited to see the servant of uh, Mr. Sung until Ching gives a boisterous laugh <gasps> and roughly pushes away his gentle employer. Fool! He cried in English. (gasps) He knows English? Are you so stupid you cannot guess who I am? I think this is important, actually. I forgot to say this. But David Carr specifically kept all of his workers from learning how to speak or write English. Yep. Literally how human trafficking works. I think that's why it's so interesting for me to look back at Larkspur Lane. Because as silly as the idea is of kidnapping old people for their wealth by promising them the fountain of youth is how serious this is. Yeah. They're very literal. Like, there's no, there's no funny stuff here. No. There's no but giant cats. Mm-mm. There's, I mean, I guess it's weird that they're making pottery, but nevertheless, it's literally how human trafficking works, yeah. and it's messed up. Anyhow, 
You know who can speak English? Ching. Carr's brother. Yeah. Nancy exclaimed. You made a fatal mistake in coming here, says Ching. Or erstwhile Ching. Now you must pay for your stupidity. But Nancy is sure that if anyone will rescue her, it's Hannah. Mm-hmm. Clean up this mess, Hannah. Sparring for time, she continued to ask questions, which Ching freely answered. So we've had now two reveals. Yep. Ching concludes, you shall never bother my brother or me again. He tells Nancy that as soon as they get all their valuables out of this place, they're going to dynamite the leaning chimney, which, as you know, is connected to the smelter that they are hiding in. <gasps> they will be crushed. Nancy and Mr. Soong, your fate will not be pleasant, but let us hope the end will be swift. It doesn't sound like it will be. It sounds like something someone could survive, whereas just being, like, shocked is something someone can't survive. Mm. I thought they were going to make it quick, and they're not doing that. They did the opposite. Yeah. Nancy, at this point, realizes that Hannah isn't going to notice she's missing until dinner time, which is uh, an hour from now. For a while after Ching leaves, Nancy and Mr. Soong were too dazed even to talk. But then Nancy's like, somebody else climbed that chimney. So can I. Yeah. Someone with a skeletal hand. Now, Eng Moi, when he had climbed it, probably had a ladder. Nancy does not. Mm-mm. But she does have Mr. Song to boost her up. Yeah, with his last bit of strength. And <laughs> he's just stepping on his shoulders. And she performs one of these legs against one side, back against the other, scooch up the chimney maneuvers. Mm-hmm. You ever used to do that when you were a kid? With the hallway, yeah. With the hallway or yeah. a doorway or something? So she's, but this is high stakes. Mm-hmm. This is what we imagined we were doing when we were kids. Mm -hmm. You might slip and fall, says Mr. Sung. Nothing would be worse than the fate that awaits us here, says Nancy. Don't give up hope. If everything goes well, I'll be back with the police. Not like I'll come down and let you out. Like, Mm -hmm. if it goes well, I'll be back. I will survive this, though. Don't worry about that, Mm -hmm. Mr. Sung. With the police, who will arrest your friends. Now, Nancy narrowly avoids being seen by Carr's wife, who shows up, and uses the rope ladder to climb out and drive away as swiftly as possible. Nancy manages to stop a police car with a blast on her horn. (laughs) When they get to the enclosure, they can't find any of the criminals, but they do start arresting the workers. (laughs) They say that. That's so, so messed up. Yeah. You'll have an ugly dog to tackle any minute now, promises Nancy. But of course, they don't find the dog. Which is so funny funny to me because like the police love shooting dogs yeah that's their favorite thing so they were probably pretty disappointed when they didn't attack yeah well they said we'll take care of him oh yeah but everybody's gone and so is mr soon (gasps) nancy has a sudden inspiration they're in the vault yeah i wonder if they're in the one place we haven't checked come out of there at once say the police and there isn't a sound nancy figures out well maybe my friends are in there and they don't realize i'm here only the police she says it's Nancy Drew. I've come with help. Inglay cries out with joy, but is soon stifled. Mm-hmm. At this point, the troopers threaten to batter down the door. So they're let in. So Carr saw that Nancy had escaped, gathered up his cronies and said, let's go. Mm-hmm. But they were too late. <laughs> yep. The police were already on the compound. All they had left to do was hide and hope that everyone would think they'd left. But Nancy was too flippin' smart. Mm-hmm. They had planned to dispose of... The meddlesome creatures, referring to like the human beings that they have with them. So the police try to arrest Mr. Sung as well. But Nancy's like, no, no, he's, 
he's allowed to be here. He's my plus one. I got it. <laughs> um, but the other workers, of course, rounded up, arrested. In the end, Carr, Ching, they signed a complete confession. I guess the land belonged to their great-grandfather. So, like, that wasn't stolen. Only it kind of was because they didn't have the deeds. Because it kind of got repossessed or something. They came back and decided to buy it under Miles Monroe's name. To give it legitimacy? Like, someone mm. would be like, oh, you can buy that land. You're a geologist. Yeah. Land belongs to the you already. The important thing is it was never trespassing because that land wasn't really theirs. <laughs> also, we never hear what happens to the workers. Of course. Yeah. Well, and I talked about this too because, like, we have to assume that they're deported. And they've spent five years or more as slaves. So they don't have anything. Probably they've been declared dead back home. Yeah. They probably didn't have many goods that they're planning on sneaking to America anyway for a better life. Mm-hmm. So, like... That's just a bunch of homeless people that you're sending back to China. Not to mention the teenage girl, the 17-year-old daughter, who spent her entire teenage years in in captivity. Mm -hmm. That's trauma. Like, this is a messed up crime. No, it's really bad. It's the worst one yet. So apparently what Dick overheard was a land dispute over the phone, which I guess never got sorted out. If that hadn't happened, none of this mystery would have been solved. Yeah. That, and why do you say leaning chimney? Carson says, you spiked that one early in the game, Nancy. Also, he's proud of her for spotting that that was not a real cult, I guess, without even calling the police to check their official cult cult status. status. Yeah. This is when Nancy says, actually, discovering that other leaning chimney is what what broke the case open not and really, not really true at all that was completely coincidence completely unrelated that that chimney was leaning yeah that's true a lucky coincidence as nancy says so now mr soong holds a party in honor of the ings on display are his jade elephant <laughs> and his pot which were both recovered and these ones are real yeah lay gifts nancy a vase That's her reward of the book. On the vase is portrayed a slender golden-haired girl slaying a scaly green dragon (laughs) with a spear of some sort. The dragon is the brothers. The girl, Nancy Drew. And the three Chinese, quote-unquote, are the people that she saved from the dragon. I mean, that's a cool vase, though. Like, I would want that vase of me. It's arguably the coolest gift she's received. The mark on the bottom, we found out that these marks say what pottery typically the Ming vases came from. And they'll say things like, from the... They have, like, these fancy names, right? Yeah, but they amount to basically, like, copyrights or, like, right. brand names. Well, this brand name is From the Hearts of Inmoy and Ingli. Nancy is very grateful, but the party now demands she give a speech. Which is weird. That's never happened before. They just chant speech at her. <laughs> Nancy, a speechwriter, is not. <laughs> I'll do my best, says Nancy. <clears throat> there aren't any words to express the way I feel about the base. Boo! It's more to me than just a gift. It's a token of friendship. Let George talk. Don't know what she thinks most gifts are. Ha! <laughs> And a bond between me and three of the nicest people I've ever known. I'll treasure it always. That's pretty much what she says every time she gets a gift. Then there's big applause. Yay! And she quote unquote finds herself in a corner with Bess and George and Ned. What are you going to do next? Asks Ned. I'm going to tell you a secret, says Nancy. (laughs) 
could reveal more of what happened in this mystery. Mr. Song is sending Dick money to, I don't know what for. He's, he's lending him money he's to giving buy him a bunch that of money. clay. To buy the clay, I guess. Yeah. Good good get rich quick scheme, Dick. And the Yangs are staying for, for a while in America to work with Dick. Mm-hmm. To teach him the ways of pottery and get some Krispy Kremes. Whatever you do in America. Hopefully knock some sense in his head. And now, says Nancy, I'm ready and willing to take on any new mystery that comes along. And that, you know what else? I'm going to take Bess's ceramics class. <laughs> Which she may or may not do. We will find out in The Secret of the Wooden Lady. Until then, I'm Carl. And I'm Hope. Go Wildcats! I hope we learn about wood carving in the next one. Ooh, that would be fun. Or ladies. Mm-hmm. We might need to have a special episode about this video game sometime. I have a. We have a. There's a host of video games. We can, um, oh, I don't know, put them on our Patreon. Remember to support us at our Patreon. <laughs> you can email us at riverheightsradio at google.com or find our Patreon, River Heights Radio. We'd really appreciate it. Instagram at River Heights Radio. Twitter at River Heights FM. River Heights Radio on Facebook and River Heights Radio on YouTube. Uh, and give us a review or five stars on uh, apple podcast or spotify or stitcher or wherever you're listening yeah if you listen this far i mean why not we actually put a, a lot of hours 